Well, I'm so excited that you're here to join me for Voice of Breakthrough, this podcast. Podcast. So we are going to hit some powerful topics. Every single week, we will be having a new podcast with a new topic. So get ready. I'm telling you, this is great to exercise to. This is powerful to uh, listen to when you're cleaning your house or cooking that dinner or cutting the grass, which you could turn up loud on your, you know, your, your little iPhone or whatever you have there. Anyway, you're going to love this powerful, life-changing, every single week podcast of Voice of Breakthrough. watch the junk but you can learn to do everything on you like I learned to paint not like paint art that's impossible but paint a hallway but anyhow but you can literally learn how to kind of cook you know better than I did before anyway so I love YouTube now it's and you can watch all the preaching and teaching of everybody you'd ever want to see so we have a channel on it's called Cindy C-Y-N-D-I Foster at um at not at Cindy Foster uh Jesus is real and so we just launched it, and so we encourage you. And we have a whole, the whole first um, month of it is on deliverance teaching that we've been doing. And so you can go there for free and get all of that teaching. Um, one of them was really, really, they were all good, but one was really good. I don't know the name on there, but it, it may not even be out yet. But I went line on line on how I just walked somebody through a major trial so that you could see how do I get through a major trial. You know, if Cindy, if God used Cindy to come alongside me, what would she have me doing? And so we, and of course he's going to do different, but I basically give principles. Does everybody get this? I give spiritual laws and principles that then Holy Spirit has to show you how to apply that. You cannot do this God thing without Holy Spirit, okay? So that's the biggest thing. If you're not baptized, and there's no scripture that says if I speak in tongues, I'm baptized in the Holy Spirit. Actually, the only scripture that confirms the baptism of the Holy Spirit is if you cast out demons. She said all that to say, warfare is real. A life in Christ is real. And all things work together for good to those who love God. That means you obey God. You want to do what he wants. You want to do it his way and you make your flesh bow its knee. You crucify the flesh. He doesn't crucify your flesh. You crucify your flesh. You say no to that thought. You say no to that action. You say, okay, I'm not doing it again. Okay, I'll teach you something really fast. <laughs> when you say no to something and you can't not do it, then it's not flesh. It's a spirit. Spirits have to be cast out. Flesh gets crucified. Okay, flesh gets crucified, which means you don't give in to it, you don't put any life there, you don't let it have any authority, and you say no. That's why he says some count with fasting and prayer, because fasting is not spiritual to get God's attention. Fasting is telling your flesh, uh-uh, mm-mm, uh-uh, mm-mm, uh-uh, uh-uh, no, uh-uh, ooh, uh-uh. And can I give you, an, I'll tell you a good way to fast. Okay, never say how long you're going to fast, even to yourself. If I never say how long I'm going to fast, I never fail at fasting. But then what happens 
is I ask God sincerely to give me the grace to fast. I ask God to give me his heart to fast. I ask God to show me. And then I get in the word and I do what he's showing me and I walk that out. And then in that, I may crucify some flesh, but I've got the Holy Spirit and the anointing drawing me into something stronger and deeper and more glorious than that food flesh, okay? Now, when there is no anointing to, to, uh, to fast and there is no Holy Spirit drawing me, and, and then, then, then I can eat if I want. But if I lost some weight, I might say, hey, I'm going to do this for another day or two. But you know what I mean? <laughs> then all of a sudden, it's really hard to do, right? Do you see what I'm saying, though? So when you tell the devil how long you're fasting, he's going to have a heyday putting every sugar plum dream in your head he can think of and making you feel like a failure and say, why do I do this, okay? When I'm fasting by Holy Spirit-led, it's not about food. It's about God. When I'm fasting flesh-led, it's all about food, okay? So it doesn't mean you can go to God and say, I would like to fast. I remember what dad said to the Lord. I said, I'm fasting. He said, what are you fasting for? I said, I'm fasting to hear you. He said, I'm talking to you. <laughs> I, I said, I know, but I heard somebody else, and they fast, and they said how to do it, so I'm trying to do it. He said, yeah, because they want to hear you. They, they want to hear me like you're hearing me. I said, are you telling me not to fast? I said, you, he said, you can fast if you want, but you're hearing me. Because you don't fast when you're with the bridegroom. And he says, pray without ceasing. That's not kidding. You walk. God's going to get us all to a place if we want to go there. Where he's everything. And can I tell you that adventure real, is really scary? Because your fake stuff won't work. Your religion won't work. Your hyper-spirituality won't work. Your superiority won't work. It, nothing, nothing works except God. And he likes to take you in the wilderness. And he lets you get tempted by the enemy. I've got a teaching somewhere. Real, it's really good though. It's an old one that says, the three tests you must pass. And it's when Jesus came out of the wilderness that he was empowered. I'll tell you this. This is a Moses kind of deliverance moment for the nation. And some people are, pass, are crossing the Red Sea. But when you get to the other side, where are we? Where are we? We're in the wilderness. We're not in the promised land. Church, get ready. We're going through the wilderness. And that's what I'm teaching on Sunday. It's really, it's really cool, actually, because every key word, even what the words mean, like the first place in the promised land, we taught this last Sunday, it's called wall. It has to do with how are we going to handle illegal immigrants. It's not their fault that they're here. You go to a nation where you don't know how to feed your children. You go to a nation where there's no medical help. And then you have somebody with a lot of money coming and paying you and buying you new shoes and a backpack and giving you a cell phone and even getting you here somehow and say, go through, they're not going to do anything. You would seriously be crazy not to go through. So what are we going to, you know why God's bringing the nations to us? Because we didn't go to the nations. We would rather take the money in the church and spend it on a fancy sound equipment and a fancy this and nice costumes and entertainment and all these things and throw a little tiny bit to the nation. So guess what? The nations came to us. We had better evangelize them. We had better love them. And we had better watch the 15 million or whatever who've come in 
Get, let's go after the worst first. Let them all get saved. Drop their whatever plans, all their drugs, whatever. Let's believe that God's going to take what was meant for evil and turn it to good. And it's fine, whatever, whoever, whatever has an answer for it, praise God. But you know what? I'm not dealing in that realm. I will vote according to what I think is good there. But in the spirit realm, I'm going to see that we want to have a people. I'm praying right now that people who speak those languages are being raised up by God in a powerful way to start churches everywhere they can. And if I can find a ministry doing that, we're going to support them. God says, you're, in a, you're coming into the wilderness now. You have to change where you send your money. You've got to change how you do things. You've got to begin to do things that's going to get you through the wilderness and to the promised land. I don't know about you. I'm going to the promised land. Ooh, I feel that one. So that's tomorrow's service. But anyhow, sorry, I had to get a little preview so I could be ready for tomorrow. All right. Now, we are going to go to Ephesians 6. We started early with this. We're going to go now onto 6.11. Ephesians 6.11. Once again, I'm reading out of the Passion Translation. Don't argue with me about it. I've read every single of the translations, and I'm cool with all of them, but I felt led to use this one to preach because everybody's heard the other so much. Put on God's, okay, so everybody's asking, how do I pray for my kids? How do I pray for this? How do I pray against suicide? How do I do these things? Okay, we want to be fully, fully armed. And I know we've all heard the cute things, but let's hear it spiritually. What does he mean when he writes to us and says at first, look, I'm going to give you supernatural strength. I'm going to give you power to be victorious against the enemy. And I'm going to flow through you. I'm going to flow in you and through you. In you and through you. Whoa. I want you all to get that. In you comes. How do you get God to flow in you? It's about your time alone with God. I want you to see your time alone with God. No longer as a place to just go. He already knows all your prayers. Does everybody understand prayer? the word prayer means a two-way conversation with a God? So why is it only one way for most people? You've got to renounce covering doctrine. You've got to recount shepherding. You've got to recount, renounce anything that makes you think you have to hear God through a person. It doesn't mean you can't hear God through a person. Somebody today, God knew she was a nurse. I didn't. And somebody else, God told them their childhood or something. I don't know. That happens all the time. That's God speaking to you through a person in a way to go, whoa, okay, let's listen to this. But he also wants to open our ears to hear him. Now, when you hear God yourself, somebody asked on here, I want to know how to hear God. It has to line up with his word. And I have a lot of teaching on this. Really go get the teaching on the three voices that speak to you. There's three voices that speaks to every single person. Well, every born-again person. Every born-again person has a voice of the Lord always speaking. His name is word. Do you think he's going to be quiet? My word. <laughs> word. Okay. And then you have the voice of the enemy. And then you have your voice. Now, if you have a renewed mind, which means I know the word, I've studied the word, I believe the word, guess what your voice is going to sound like? More like the Holy Spirit, which is good. If it doesn't, then you haven't renewed your mind. So there's a reason to renew your mind, but a renewed mind is not, is not the power of the Holy Spirit. A renewed mind is not what gives you faith. 
you need to think of a renewed mind as if you go to another country, because we are in another country. Once we get born again, all of a sudden it's like, okay, come on in, come on in. You're in the kingdom now. Come on, come on. Yep, you got your passport. It's the blood of Christ. All right, yes, you, you can come in, you can come in. It even talks about some trying to go to the wedding feast. No, you got to get out. Okay, so God has a system, very organized. Yes, blood, the blood, the blood. Not even blood. The blood is how you get saved. Because of the blood, it's the Holy Spirit. Okay, the Holy Spirit. See, Holy Spirit, come in. Holy Spirit, all right, you can come in. Holy Spirit, you can come in. All right, where are we coming into? We are coming into a kingdom that cannot be shaken. So what happens in the shaking? <laughs> You're changing your homeland. God wants you to get you to such a place, and some of you probably are, where you would give up everything except Holy Spirit. And you honestly know, no matter what I have to go through, as long as I have the Holy Spirit. And if you really knew how much they'd like to take the word of God from you and twist it and change it and pervert it, you would get in this word and you would get it in your soul. That's renewing your mind. Holy Spirit already knows all this. What happens is Holy Spirit, when you're born again, the Holy Spirit comes and brings life to your spirit. In other words, all of a sudden, your spirit that died when Adam and Eve messed up, your spirit gets born again, which means life is in your spirit. Life is in your spirit. Who is that life? Holy Spirit is that life. Holy Spirit goes, whoop, I'm here. All of a sudden, for the first time ever, first time ever, you're alive. You're no longer the walking dead. I mean, there's a lot of walking dead people talking and preaching and thinking they know everything, and they're just dead. Why are we listening to dead people? If your spirit's dead, you're more dead than if your body's dead because you're eternally dead unless you get born again. I don't, you call it what you want. It's a revelation that Jesus Christ is real and he paid for my sins and I need him and he's my savior and he is God and he, there's a Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and then there's a revelation of God, come in and change me. Confessing Christ with your mouth and saying, Jesus, come in. And then it's not this cute thing, Jesus in my heart, Jesus, okay, that's good. It's about this super powerful God by his own spirit comes in. And when he sent it, remember, it looked like tongues and fire. And I can tell you a cool story about that, but I won't because I don't have time. But I had, that, I had that happen at a meeting. Everybody was falling out in this. Everybody's looking in the windows. Everybody's screaming. It's just the wildest time. It was like the book of Acts, Pentecostal kind of baptism. I'm believing that for this place. I'm believing that for America. We need a real baptism. We all settle for tongues. Who could have? I love tongues. I'm not coming against tongues. I told you my tongue story. We're not going to go there again. I could tell you a more even important story where God had me use tongues, but I won't. So, but you see what I'm saying? You must be born again. And so what, if, if you're a baby, if you're an infant, but you never grow up in the kingdom you're in, and you don't develop the mind of Christ, you're not going to be as powerful as someone who knows the word of God. Do you understand what I'm saying? My brain, the, the minute I'm born again, I don't know the scriptures, okay? 
The minute I'm born again, the Holy Spirit in me knows the scriptures. I have in the spirit realm the mind of Christ, right? I have the mind of Christ, but it doesn't do me much good until I renew my mind. It's like going to another country. Um, when I go to other countries, I have never been very, uh, I'm not even that great with speaking English. So I really have a hard time with other languages. And everybody, Karen picks up words and everybody else is speaking, not me, is like, please give me an interpreter or take me somewhere where they speak English. You don't know what the rules are. They drive on the other side of the street. They can arrest you for this. They have different laws. They have different, you do not want to be in another country and get caught because very few of them are even as just as America. And they don't care what you say. And their prisons do not look like our prison hotels. No, I've seen, I'm seen in the uh, prison in, um, not prison, but this jail in um, the Philippines. They take the men who, whatever they did, they throw them in there. They fight each, there's nobody taking care of them. Their wives have to go and beg food and live outside and go to the bathroom outside, everything else. And then the wives have to go try to find some food for them while they're taking care of their kids and feed it through the bars to them in this outside kind of place. There's no air conditioning. It's probably 100, 100 more degrees in there. It's filthy, stinky, rotten. You would call it totally, we almost have country clubs, people. Our prisons would look like country clubs to these other nations. I'm not saying being inhumane is right. I don't think it is right. I'm thinking we ought to thank God for America. Oh, in another country, you can be in a lot of trouble if you don't read their guidebook. In the kingdom, you're in a lot of trouble if you don't renew your mind with the word of God. There is a difference in the old covenant and the new covenant. The difference is the spirit of the living God. This word of God on its own brings death because nobody can do it. Nobody can understand it. Nobody can make it work. It's, the Bible says, it says that. The word says that. But when the Holy Spirit breathes on his word and he shows you and directs you and changes you from the inside out, it's supposed to be like this. Holy Spirit's doing something in us and then our brain gets it like, oh, yeah, I read that in the word. Oh, show me that. And all of a sudden you go there and you study that and you love it because now there's life. It's not just knowledge. It's life. And when the two come together, when the word of God, the renewed mind connects with the spirit of the living God saying, yes, this is the scripture. This is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to preach. This is how we're going to do it. Everything changes. And we have to get there, you guys. We have to get there. We've got to quit being distracted and fighting and all the other stuff and worrying about what that person thinks or this person thinks. I want to get there. Okay. So put on God's complete set of armor. Provide it for us so that you will be protected as you fight against the evil strategies of the accuser. Let me see what that says in the literal. Oh, you know what? Let me, I got two Bibles. Let me open one in one and one in the other. Okay, let me, oh, it's already there, but wrong screen. Ephesians 6. Is this helping anybody? All right. Remember, your spirit already knows everything I'm teaching you that's of God. 
and your mind's what's catching up. When you get that revelation, you won't be so afraid like I don't know enough. I have the mind of Christ. I know every single thing that Christ knows. I just got to wait until it's revealed to me, and I've got to wait till it becomes real to me. How many know you've heard scripture before, but then when you get in the middle of something, all of a sudden you go look it up and it means something? Okay, that's how it works. That's why he says count it all joy. All right, Ephesians 6. Okay, here we go. So I'm already at verse 11. Okay, so this one says, put on all the armor of God for you to be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Okay, so he says the strategy, the evil strategies of the accuser. Now, I'm okay with the word devil because if you really look that up, the devil is an accuser, but he does a lot of other things too, right? So he's saying here, God wants you to put on the entire armor so that everything the devil's up to, every strategy, every plan, every scheme, everything he's up to, okay? God's going to protect you against it. Which means, and I thought I was teaching this next month, but we'll see what happens. But I, how many know, we need to live in divine protection. These aren't cute songs, and we need to help our children. If you send children or grandchildren, or if yourself, if you've got to go out into the real world where they're all crazy right now, right? You need to take this more serious and cute little songs and march with a little song. You need to say, okay, Lord, I need this. I need, I need to put on this whole armor. I want to stand against every assignment of the devil. How many would like to stand against every assignment of the devil? Every single assignment. How many would like him to never win? <laughs> okay, you, it's real. He can get where he, we can get where he never wins. Just be careful because when you start getting there, you start getting puffed up in pride and then whammy hits you with destruction. So you, got, so you still need God even when you're getting this, even when you're walking in this, even when you're watching it work all the time, every time, all the time. All of a sudden you start thinking, ooh, I got this down. All of a sudden the devil whams you without even thinking about it. So and you can't, you can't be your guard, okay? So all those people have your guards and your justifiers, put them down. You need to repent. You need the cross. Any, you spend some time later with God tonight or whatever because we just don't have time. But just really stop and say, where is it that I've justified a sin and it still makes, I still think about it. Or I justify, you know, I don't think it's my fault. Or if I had any place, does everybody understand the justifier thing? It's like, a, it's like the enemy going, over here, over here, here you're going to the cross. I'm going to repent for uh, hatred. I'm going to repent for this, or I'm going to repent for greed. And here you're going up, and all of a sudden there's this little sign going, oh, this way it really wasn't your fault. You know, if you had better parents, you know, if society had been better, you know, if you had gotten a better job, you know, if you know, you know, if you know. And boom, right when you're about to hit the cross, hit victory, get overcome, get totally set free, and it, we really watched this recently with this girl who'd gone to church and tried to try. And boy, and I'm telling you, this is a real place where people are blind because we literally watched her whole face go. And, and you're thinking, how hard is this? You should be able to get this. But all of a sudden she's like, and I'm like, man, we done hit something. And I'm thinking, we really hit something because, because her parents had given her alcohol from a very early age. Everything was their fault in her thinking. I said, well, at what age did you know it was wrong? At least go to that age and repent. And then repent for judging them. Re that, not a whole bunch. Okay. All right. Okay. 
Now, here's why we put on the whole armor of God. Let me go back to this one. All right, I like this one and the passion because we've all heard the other ones many times. Your hand-to-hand combat is not with human beings. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Okay, so when you see people wrestling against flesh and blood for anything, it's wrong. When you start doing it, it's wrong, okay? But we fight against the highest principalities and authorities operating in rebellion under the heavenly realms. This one says, um, we wrestle against rulers, authorities, world rulers, the darkness of this age against spiritual powers of evil in the heavenlies. Now, we're not going to get into that. I know I have a teaching somewhere. Those are all different levels of demonic authority. Okay, now we ought to be going, oh my gosh, we're fighting all that? You thought you just were mad at your husband. <laughs> you thought the politicians are just having a bad day. You know, God said, wait a minute. If you know you're fighting all this, don't you think you maybe better put on this armor? You just think it's that person with a bad attitude that's trying to take your job. Or you just think it's that kid who never has treated you with respect. Do you understand what I'm saying? No, no. He says here, forget that. You're fighting rulers, authorities, world rulers, darkness of this age, spiritual powers of evil in the heavenlies. He doesn't say, okay, you uh, apostles, you teachers, you evangelists, you super uh, frontline people, you're fighting these. He says you're fighting these. Does that kind of make your life look a little more sense? Like, no wonder I've been through so much junk. Right? It's like, oh my gosh. No wonder this happened, then 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 this happened. Right? You are fighting this whole onslaught of demonic powers. How many know you would be crazy to think you could win that except by God? Because of this, You must wear all the armor that God provides so that you're protected because you're going to confront the slanderer. This one says that you can resist in the evil day, having worked out all things to stand. How many would say, how many know it's always been an evil day? But how many know it's a pretty evil, evil day these days, right? All right. Having worked out all things to stand, he goes on, I love this, for you are destined for all things and will rise victorious. That's what standing means. Okay, standing means I'm going to get where God wants me to get in this, and I'm not backing down, and I'm going to have the victory. Now, I could tell you a lot of stories about that, but we don't talk. All right, so here we're going to put it on. Put, on. put on truth as a belt to strengthen you to stand in triumph. I like that one. We can understand that better. Think about God's word as truth, right? So we need to renew our minds. We need to know his word. That truth holds everything together. It strengthens us. It's like it won't let our pants fall down. Praise God, (laughs) right? It's like that would be so humbling that, you know, you might drop your sword or something. Okay, so I want that belt. I I want to be, I want the word of God. So how do I, how do I really practically do that? It means somewhere, hopefully, in my 24 hours, I spend some time putting that word on. 
like we're doing like with these scriptures. When I put it on, I'm not just reading it. I'm taking it and going, this is real. This is real. Wow, we are fighting against all these principalities. No wonder. I got to quit thinking it's that person and this person and that job and this boss. and that. Do you see where the devil can just keep you doing this all the time and nothing happening? Rise above it and say, you know what? I get this. I'm not fighting that. I'm not fighting that dumb little thing and that dumb little thing. Praise God. Bless them. I got all kinds of things I could teach you what you're supposed to do when people come against you. That stops the enemy. But here's the key. Oh, let me, how do we really win? Do you know how we would really win for our nation, for real, if we really walked in love? I'm not saying the people would choose it. If these people, no matter who's what side, if they all find God, if all these politicians really find God for real, led by the Spirit, get an encounter with God, and then we don't have a clue who to vote for because they're all living holy. They all hate murder. They all want to stop crazy. They all want this to be a nation to carry the gospel. Wouldn't that be glorious? Wouldn't it be great to really have a choice? And it doesn't really matter who wins because God's people are, are moving and God's shaking people. That's how you really win, everybody. If some of the people that people want to go to jail would find God and tell everything, then we'd all be praying mercy for them. Use them in a powerful way. We'd at least want to read their book when they come and tell how God healed them, set them free, and showed them truth. See, we got to see this. What does God want? I'll just see this. God sees every human being as belonging to him. The key is they have to see that they want to belong to him. Everyone in here probably has someone in your family or a friend or someone that you want saved that just almost looks impossible. And even if they do horrific things, there's a heart in you that doesn't want to let go that they could be saved. That's how God looks at everything. God used to tell me when I get so mad, he said, Cindy, treat them as if that were your son. What if your son was that person? What if your son got that deceived? What if your son got that evil? Would you really want to stand and throw them in hell forever? Or would you want mercy? Would you want them to know me? Would you want them to repent? Would you want them? Yes, there's circumstances. But you know what? The circumstances don't bother me near as much as the eternal damnation would bother me. And that's our father. See, we always say, well, they're not his children yet. No, we are made in his image and his likeness. He knew us before we were formed in our mother's wombs. He has a plan and a purpose for everyone. And his perfect will is that all be saved and none perish. So we get to forgive. And it's powerful when we're wronged. If we forgive, then he can forgive. It's amazing. I'm not getting, we're getting some deep spiritual law there. But you can actually stop someone from being saved. That if you basically would forgive because they attacked you, you when somebody attacks you and offends you, you have more authority than anybody else on the planet by forgiving them to watch them get saved. That's why somebody drives by and they, they um, do sign language in their car. You know, man, I start praying for them. Lord, send angels now in the name of Jesus. Get them saved everywhere they go. Let these see the gospel. Lord, I can't wait till we get to heaven to find out how many people who did sign language to me while they had rage in a car get saved because I begin to pray this. 
and the, the same with telemarketers, the bill collectors, anybody. If you start praying for their salvation and you mean it, it changes everything. It's like, okay, what, what's the devil going to do? Gosh, don't send anybody to her. They'll get saved. We can't have anybody attack her. She's just going to start praying. Nobody prays for that person. And I know it's really hard when people have been really hurt. I know it's hard when somebody's had somebody murder somebody or something horrible. Thank God I've never gone through that. I've gone through things. I've helped people through that. But his love is greater. There's a grace. There's a grace. There's an abundant grace. And God says, if my people would walk in my ways and love the way I love, everything will change. All right. So we're supposed to take up, because all this stuff is real, we have to take up our armor to resist the evil day. Having worked out all things, we're to stand. Um, I love how it says to work out all things. How many things all things sounds like a lot? How many know he doesn't say stand before you work out all things? If you stand before you work out all things, you probably didn't win. Well, I know we were fighting cancer and we was fighting cancer. We were really believing they were going to be healed. Well, there's probably a high probability you didn't do all things. Or they didn't do all things or whoever's called to it. I didn't do all things when the devil killed my daughter. God didn't do it. Satan did it. If you don't believe me, look at the picture back there. She wrote a goodbye letter and she has a picture of a demon in a tree and that was the tree branch that fell and went through her head right in front of me and killed her. But I knew enough then that God didn't do this to me. And I didn't let bitterness get in. That's when I really got super anointed because I said to the Lord, while her body was still in the yard, why did this happen, God? And he showed me. And that's on spiritual side as tragedy or something online. He showed me the whole setup. He showed me where I missed it. But guess what? There's no condemnation in Christ, so I didn't go into condemnation. I just thanked him for being faithful. I said, help us through this. God, you've got to give us grace. I don't know how we're going to get through this. How are we going to survive this? How is my family going to survive this? How is my marriage going to survive this? How am I going to survive this? Because I love my kids. Can everybody get rid of the lie that those who grieve the hardest love the most? That's not true. Those are people who don't understand God and his grace and what he paid for. If you want to go through that and just spend the rest of your life being miserable and crying and whining and blaming God and all the other stuff you do with lies like that, then go ahead. You have every, go ahead. I would much rather God carry my sorrow and my grief, take it the first night and make me powerful in him, set up an orphanage in India in her honor, get thousands and thousands of people saved, teach me his ways and make me not a victim. And certainly not consider myself a victim of God. He wouldn't call Satan an enemy if he wasn't an enemy. Really spend some time getting rid of bitterness out of your heart. Bitterness is blaming God. It goes way back. Well, I'm blaming that person. No, everything, everybody's heard. Well, if it's, it's all God's will. How many know if this earth was run according to God's will, it would not look like this? Thank God. That'd be like, we're going to go to heaven. It's going to be like this. We'd still go, but you know what I'm saying? This isn't God's will. His will is that we, his people called by his name, would hear him walk with him and take authority and do what he wants. Right? But we got to quit blaming him. All right. We have to work out all things. There's a prayer thing right there. 
So some of you are saying, how do I believe for deliverance for this? How do I believe for that? You need to give before the Lord say, okay, I need to know how to put on this armor and I need to understand what all things are in this particular situation. What are all things for me to see this child saved? What are all things for me to see my finances taken care of? What are all things for me to, to get free from this? Because all things is a big word, isn't it? It's a small word, but it has big meaning. Um, he says, um, put on truth as a belt to strengthen you to stand in triumph. Put on holiness as a protective armor that covers your heart. And this is stand firm, having girded your loins about with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. All right. We talked about righteousness, I guess, during our lunch thing. Okay. Everybody ready for how complicated righteousness is? Ready for this? Ready? Ready? Righteousness, right where God wants you. So a brand new baby in Christ who doesn't know anything, who's still doing stupid stuff, is righteous in the eyes of God. But when that little baby is supposed to be speaking the word and that little baby is supposed to quit sinning and that little baby is supposed to hate what God hates, guess what? They're no longer righteous. So righteousness takes spending time with God and being changed from glory to glory and seeing what he wants. Where am I supposed to? I think most of the church is probably not, a lot of the church is not walking in righteousness. Why? Because they're not right where he wants us to be. So we just say, okay, Lord, show me. You guys are. There's no way anybody's sitting here on a Saturday all day long if I don't think and listening to me talk this long. But I know it's God speaking through me. I know he speaks better than me, okay? I know it'd sound better if he was doing this all by himself, but he chooses to use us, okay? But you see what I'm saying? So that's the one thing to pray. Lord, I want the breastplate of right. I want to be right where you want me to be. And, and you, that's something you should put on every day, right? Do you know what? If you're right where he wants you to be in every way, you won't be on that plane that crashes. You won't be on that vacation where something bad happens. Do you understand what I'm saying? Lord, I want the breastplate of righteousness. I want to be right where you want me to be. I want to be right in your will. I want to be right in what you're calling me to. And most, you, you all know, you know when that thing happens and you said, I knew I shouldn't have gone. I shouldn't, I shouldn't have done that. You missed his righteousness. See, I'm in right standing with God. So I'm hidden in Christ, right? See, I'm not trying to put on a mantle. I don't even see that in New Covenant at all. Why would I want someone's mantle when I can be in Christ? You can wear a mantle if you want. I'm going to be completely clothed in Christ. Think about it. If I'm clothed in Christ, for real, in the spirit realm, the devil can't even see me. All he sees is Jesus. Where'd she go? How can we attack? So we really want to understand this in Christ, and we've got a lot of teaching on that too. All right. So we know about the belt of truth. So we want to know the truth, study the truth, be in the truth, learn the truth, ask Holy Spirit, Lord, what word of truth do you want me to have today? What word, what do I need to stand with? What do I need to base this whole day on? And, you know, if you would really do this, you'd be surprised what he would show you in the morning before you go into work and find out, oh, my gosh. And you know what you'd be doing instead? You'd be like, oh, my gosh. You'd be on the phone and say, 
God showed me this. I got this scripture this morning, right before this happened. This is so cool. I am, I am standing on that. Because he is faithful. He already knows. He knows what Satan has planned for today. He'll even tell you if you ask him. Lord, what is the schemes of the enemy? What is he up to? And that's called, a, that's called a word of knowledge. He'll tell you what's going on. Now, don't get paranoid. Don't get messed up. This is the part where people, if you're not right with God, then you can start opening up to paranoia and all kinds of stuff. But I don't have time to do with that. But Lord, show me. Show me the counsel of For example, the Lord showed us through an intercession that there was going to be an attack both with railroads and there was going to be an attack at one of our big facilities. I have to really watch what I say because the Lord used to do this a long time ago and somebody I knew worked at the CIA and they were wondering, why do those people know all this? Because God's showing us. Like God would show us the attacks that came uh, during the, a few years back, right during the 9-11 time. And then I'd call my friend. She couldn't tell me anything. And I'd say, hey, this is, tell whoever you want, but this is what God's showing us. And they were to the place like, how do they know this? I, I bet you, you know, I used to get security. When I used to go to security, you know, at the airports, they knew who I was and would just let me in. I don't know why, because I never filled out the paper or spent that hundred bucks. The CIA got us out of a jam one time. That's another story. All right, so. Put on holiness as protective armor that covers your heart. That's what he says about righteousness. I kind of like that. It's like, just stay where God wants you to be. Stay away from evil, okay? Have your heart covered. Stand on your feet alert, and then you'll be ready to share the blessings of peace. This one says, having, um, having showed your, with your feet the preparation of the gospel of peace. So, every day, I should be ready to share Jesus. As Holy Spirit leads, I shouldn't be ashamed of the gospel. I should be able to share it. I've got to break through all intimidation. I've got to break through where people have made fun of me. I can't do it for the wrong reason. But Lord, I'm willing to share your truth anywhere. So sometimes your grandkids will be over and they've heard you and heard you and you know they roll their eyes and they don't listen. But you want to be ready when God says, now say something. Let me see. When you start walking this kind of love and authority, Whatever you speak, no matter what they do with it, and then you just pray for them, bless them. That is a word. That is a seed from God's word that has to go in. And the Bible says it will not return void. So no wonder they want to shut. No wonder the devil in them wants to shut you up, right? Of course, it's going to want to shut you up. So when you release God's word with, with the gospel and in love with the right heart, not in fear, but in faith, right? So I know when I plant a word, I know it's doing something. Well, that didn't work. Uh, the word cannot return void. The word, that's what I'm telling you. You want this word. You want this word. You want this for the right reasons, not to just try to get rich or something, okay? You want this word to see it save souls. You, I, I want you guys to become word people, word people, word people. The enemy did some things with the word movement that did get off track and all, and a lot of people just threw the whole thing away. Uh-uh, you don't throw out what's real because the enemy comes in with whatever greed or whatever and does stuff to it. You take that word and you begin to use it. But let me tell you, the Bible says, this is a spiritual law, that if God can't trust you with something as filthy as money, 
He cannot trust you with the more important things. So God wants to trust you with your finances, but that's not like the big deal. His big deal is I want to trust you with souls. I want to trust you to take this word and use it for things that are eternal. I don't think there's a person here who would actually choose money over someone you love getting into heaven. But do we spend the time like that? Do we spend that much time in the word planting that kind of seed? Do we say those things? I mean, come on, how many, how many have uh, family members who kind of roll their eyes like, oh, mom. I, I, I went to, um, my son's getting married and I went to the place and if, if it rains or has a hurricane during this time of year where they're getting, it's gonna be a mess. So I'm like, oh, we better pray there's no rain. He goes, why do you even bring that up? I said, because you don't want rain. And so I'm, 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 I'm just walking along and goes, tell them it's going to be a beautiful day. And I said, well, Lord, he'll make fun of me. Lord said, just tell them it's going to be a beautiful day. So I go, hey, God told me to tell you it's going to be a beautiful day. My son goes, we already knew that. I'm like, that's good. We're in agreement then, aren't we? We're in agreement for a beautiful day. Because some of it, they're hurt from when we had fake news. I mean, no, the body of Christ has had a ton of fake news. The enemy did not make up that word. God told me the reason the church doesn't have more authority in what you're fighting now with the media is because the church has a lot of fake news. Break the power of fake news. See where you operate. What's fake news? When you exaggerated something, fake news was when you hoped something was going to happen, but you said it as if God had said it and then it didn't happen. You turn people off by fake news. Repent of it. So now when you speak, it happens. Now they ask you to pray. Jesus only did what his father was doing, right? He only prayed to us. Why? He didn't have fake news, right? He didn't have fake news. Don't you want to get to a place? The Bible says God wants to get us to such a place of maturity that every word we speak will not fall to the ground. Well, that's a really dangerous thing if you say stupid stuff. Because when God gives you authority, you have the authority. See, the way the enemy gets people so evil, especially if, if the devil can get a hold of Christians and get them, then he has the authority they were walking in, but now to do evil. I call it Christian witchcraft. If he can get these people cursing people and then saying, thus saith the Lord, Satan just came on and rode on their true anointing without them knowing it. And he's able, we, we, probably, we probably release more witchcraft in the body of Christ than witches ever got close to releasing in this nation. People will be upset when they get up to heaven. He goes, okay, we're going to talk about those idle words now. You know the ones you're going to be judged for? Oh, oh I could give some. I, we'll have to do a whole conference on some of this. I could give you examples of where God gave me such reverent fear of the Lord and what I speak and how I counsel and what I say. And he began to show me the power of my words and how it could cause the complete opposite to happen if I'm just speaking out of the wrong spirit or even out of my own want to. But I don't, we don't have time for that. All right. All right, in every battle, above all, this one says above all. So in every battle, above all, take up the shield of faith. As, and he says your wraparound shield, because their shields were real big back then. With which you will be able to stop all the darts of the evil one, actually quench them, put them out that are being kindled against you. This one says, able to extinguish the blazing arrows coming to you from the evil one. All right, so what does that mean? First of all, it means the evil one's going to throw <laughs> arrows at you, right? He says to do this every day, right? So what's an evil arrow? 
Okay, an evil arrow is you walk into work, you worshiping, you was in the car, life was good, things are good, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, they say something hateful or we're questioning your this, and you feel it, right? Does it mean you feel it? Like, it's like, you know, okay, can I give you some really good advice? Counsel. When you feel that thing, does anybody know what I'm saying? You can feel it. When you feel that thing, don't react to it. And what, the devil makes you feel it, so you'll fight back, so you'll get in their face. And it wasn't my fault. I'm not the one who did that. And you call the person who's trying to do something. Okay, you are reacting to an arrow. You are not putting the thing out. I mean, if you guys could learn this. Thankful for the ones who have discernment. If you do not feel those kind of things, really get before God and say, Lord, cleanse my spirit. Help me to know. Help me to feel. Help me to discern. We've got to get in this kingdom and do this with kingdom, with the kingdom, right? So discernment is not, I got a whole teaching on this. It's somewhere. Go find it. But suspicion is not discernment. That's what happened with all this mixture and this stuff, the cune, all this stuff. Any, when the enemy can get a little mixture in, he ruins the whole thing. So now they're saying they're prophets, but they're following Qunam or whatever he is, which was a planted thing by the enemy. Where he planted it from, I don't care. It doesn't matter. The bottom line was it was to discredit people. But more than that, it was to stop the power of prayer. I can't pray with mixture, you guys. I cannot do spiritual warfare with mixture. It can't be part true and part false. So then you just be quiet till you figure it out. Lord, show me, show me, show me, show me fruit, do whatever. Okay, so... When, so if I'm going to have the shield of faith all around me to stop the shield of faith, okay? The shield of faith is to stop the fiery darts. Does everybody get what the fiery darts are? It's when you get that <gasps> moment. It's when, oh, you're going to lose your job. Oh, somebody else did this. Oh, your kid's in an accident. Whatever it is. Those are the fiery darts, right? Those are the, fire, those are the things that hit you. He says, be ready. Have your shield of faith. Which means, what does that mean? This is really good. I'm going to tell you what that means. I just got it. Don't let it, don't let fear in. Don't let fear in. Walk with God. Just know, hear God. Only God can open and close doors for me. Only God can open and close doors for me. I cannot react with fear. I cannot react in fear. If I hear my kids tell me something crazy, I cannot react in fear. You cannot ever operate in fear. When you operate in fear, you actually empower the assignment of the enemy. That's, how, that's why you got to get into those scriptures about, you know, take all your cares before the Lord. We have a lot of teaching on fear. The Bible says, um, God has not given us a spirit of fear. But when you get a spirit of fear, when you, have, when you have not received a spirit of fear, you walk in love, power, and a sound mind. We've got a lot of teaching on this because there's a lot of unsound minds these days. We're talking about somebody, I don't know if they're still here, but they had somebody who had issues with, with um, um, yeah, I think with um, their kid keeps doing the same habits over and over and over. What do you call that, OCD? What that is, that was where somebody took on a spirit to handle fear. 
OCD is taking on a spirit to handle fear. So they try to self-calm themselves. Okay, a devil may look like it's helping you for a season, but it's out to own you and destroy you. So you'd have to go back to when did they first do that? You'd have to ask them, so when, when did you first have fear? And, or you could ask the Lord, he could give you a word of knowledge and a word of, yeah, word of knowledge to tell you. And then a word of wisdom shows you what to do with it. Okay. And discernment, you can see it. You can also start praying for them. Lord, I bind up the spirit of fear, help them. Now what cast out fear? Perfect love. Perfect love casts out fear. So begin to pray into their lives a stronger relationship with the Lord. Pray into their lives people who know God and love God. Pray into their lives that they would begin to be surrounded by people who know the love of God. Pray healing in every hurt area where they were abandoned or didn't feel love. Do you see what I'm saying? Go and use in the spirit, and we don't have time to do all this today, but um, just go and see those areas healed. I could tell you so many stories. I could tell you stories, and we'll do this at another conference. We'll have, a, we'll have some conference. But anyway, um, there's been times when the Lord showed me where my sons were hurt, but they weren't open for me to go in and say anything to them. So I went right in the spirit without even them knowing it and prayed the healing, like Karen was talking about, and, and spoke to their spirits because there's no distance in the spirit, and they were completely healed and changed, and to this day they do not know why or how. How many would like to understand that kind of thing? How many would like to be trained in that? How many would like to say, I want to walk in this, God? So let's come together every month and see what happens. All right. Okay, he says, um, so it says in every battle. Now, I love this. He says above all. So, in every, so how many know that's like the highlight moment? I have got to walk. I better not walk out of this house. I better not get up out of this bed. I better not answer the phone in the middle of the night without having my shield. Now, the devil tried to wham me without the shield, like I said, when my son was attacked a couple weeks or about a month or so ago because it came out of nowhere. And it was super serious, like boom, like boom serious. And I felt it. You know, I felt that fear. Um, because I think it was a text that just said something um, like I can't breathe and um, um, in a plane or something like that. And I had no idea how bad it really was. But it, the way, I knew it was worse than I was thinking. Well, this kid hardly doesn't call to tell you to pray unless it's serious. And, and all of a sudden, I just felt it. It was such an attack. It was like this big demonic. It was a spirit of death. It was a big demonic spirit of destruction. And, and it hit me so hard. And I didn't react. I'm like, God, show me what to do. Show me what to do. And I knew right away, this is a spirit of destruction. This is bigger. This is one of those, whatever these principalities are, this is a big boy. He's coming in. He wants to take my son out. He's been trying since the kid was little. And God promised me not one hair of my son's head would fall to the ground. And that was with over nine or so years of a supposedly cancer thing being hung over my son's head that was a diddly, diddly cancer, and they never could find cancer, and they kept thinking there was still cancer. And finally, when we got to the victory years and years later, they said, no doctor would ever say this. This was the doctor said. Never go into a doctor without first putting on the armor. And then you've got to do everything in faith, not formula, though. You get that. So when you go in in faith and you say, Lord, I bind this doctor from speaking anything but what you once said. 
Okay, I'm going to give you a real fast binding and loosening. I got a lot of teaching on this. The word of God says, whatever we bind on earth is bound in the heavens. Whatever we loose on earth is in heaven. So I'm not the one binding and loosing angelic host. Or you see what I'm saying? Because that's the heavens part, right? That's the Lord's part. I know it's taught wrong. Ever since I learned to do it right, you would not believe the results. My job is to forbid something from happening here. So I forbid, ho, like I forbid them from passing that thing that said I couldn't get on an airplane without this international passport that meant I had to take uh, medical junk in me that wasn't of God. Now, I know God can protect me from poison, but I forbid anybody from making that decision. Then I loose the people who would stand up with research to say, why not? Then God takes care of what's in the heavenlies. What does that require? You got to know something. So let's say you got a teacher who picks on your kid at school. Now, you got to love them for real. You got to pray for them. You got to get all the fear bullied out of your own heart. You got to get healed, everything, all right? But when you get there, and you can practice before you get there, then you say, because you can't get out of the situation, you do everything you can, the Lord shows you, then you say, I bind or I forbid that spirit on that teacher from bullying my kid or picking on my kid or making my kid think that something's wrong with them. I forbid it in the name of Jesus. That's binding. Now, God's part is to release the angels involved, to bind up the demons involved. He does the, we're all trying to do the spiritual part that he says, whatever you bind on earth, I'll bind in the heavens. Why? Because we have authority on the earth. Everything we've prayed like this for our nation the last few years has happened like that. It has been amazing. I'm not saying just as, I'm just saying I know what he's shown me. And doesn't it make more sense that why would I be binding on earth and, and he's binding in the heavens? Like, you know what I mean? If it's happening on earth, I need to see what's happening on earth. I need to forbid it on the earth. Now, I'm not going to get all this. You don't practice witchcraft with this. And we'll talk about that. You don't pray your will. You pray what God's showing you. We know God doesn't want to destroy our nation, okay? So we bind up what's trying to destroy our nation. We never hurt people. Now, if you love this teaching, then you better say you love this teaching. Then we want you to check out our web at beautyforashes.org. There is so much teaching there, and there's a resource uh, library there. And also, check out my Facebook page at Cindy Foster Beauty for Ashes Ministry. We'd love you to partner with us and come along for the ride into the apostolic. God bless you.